Tommy. <laughs> Can we put it down a little bit? I thought I could do it there, but that's good right there. Uh huh. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You have won the battle tonight. You're here. My goodness, it's so cold and miserable out there. And I know you're like me. Your bed or your couch is calling to you. And you have said, get thee behind me. And you have come to church. So you're going to be blessed. And I'm going to be blessed. It's all going to be good. Praise the Lord. You know, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, it tells us that the reason that we have ministry, the reason we come together is until we all come to the knowledge of him, until we all grow into oneness. And tonight, we're going to believe that that's what's going to happen for each and every one of us. We're going to come together. We're going to grow. We're going to be equipped to go out and spread the good news all around us. And that's where the fun is, isn't it? When you get those opportunities to connect people with God, that's, that's what it's all about. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, as well as I know, that one of the best things to do when we come together is to get into the presence of the Lord. He's always in us. He's always with us. But when we put him first, when we focus on him, he comes in in manifestation in a bigger way. He prepares us. He strengthens us. So um, we are blessed tonight. Israel Hooten agreed to come by and to lead us in a song. So if you'll stand, we're all going to have Israel lead us in this song. Your presence is here. 
just worship him. Let's just worship him. Oh, Let's tell him, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I love you, Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. There's none like you, Lord. There's none like you, Lord. <laughs> There's none like you, Lord. Great and mighty. Great and mighty. And Lord, right now, we break into joyful praise at the deliverance you have brought to Pastor Albert and Bob. Oh, the enemy is going to be so sorry that he took the wheels off that vehicle because of what you're going to do. Oh, you've already done it, and we'll hear about it. We praise you. Let's praise you for it. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If Abraham considered not the deadness of his own body at 100, we don't consider that truck not moving. We don't consider it, but we consider you, Lord God. And we thank you that everything is taken care of in abundance, all without a test. There's no testimony. We thank you for the testimony that comes out of this event. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you may be seated. I'm looking around. Aha, she's here. Okay. Um. I'm going to make a presentation, but then after that, we're going to have testimonies. And what we're going to be looking at in our testimonies is current things that God has been doing for you and through you, healings, other things, especially if you've had opportunities to minister to others, and as you've done it, God's shown up and done his thing. So we're going to be giving you room for that because those things really bless me. And I know I'm not the Lone Ranger in that, but they bless you too. And the first one will be, I'll give her a hint. Paula, last Wednesday when we were up here, you were telling me about baby Liam. Okay, so you're, you're going to be the first one to tell us about that, but that'll be later. Okay. All right. Well, I'm so glad all of you are here. What we're going to be talking about tonight, the title of this, if you want to give it a title, is what impresses you. 
Impressions. What impresses you? Bill Johnson said, and I've said this before, but Bill Johnson says, I can't afford to be impressed with what the devil's doing. And we're going to have to talk about, okay, we know we shouldn't be impressed with what the devil's doing, but how do we keep from being impressed with what the devil's doing? Because sometimes he can sure show his fangs. I wanted to start with, uh, I, th- I think it's a humorous story. I hope you think it's a humorous story. But um, when I was in my second year of college, I was attending San Jacinto Junior College out toward La Porte. And uh, I was blessed in college. I was, I was a good student, and God blessed me. And I claimed those scriptures early about being uh, wiser than my teachers and about, like, Daniel and the three Hebrew children, how God made them wiser. And I claimed those scriptures, and I was blessed, had good grades. And God gave me favor with my teachers. But I did have one, one that I'm going to talk about, one fault, and that was not uncommon. I crammed for tests. Any of you ever been there? Uh, I had good short-term memory, so, you know, I would start the, the day before and just start cramming for that test. So there were some late nights, you know, stay up to four, get up at six, that kind of thing. So in the second year of college, I was taking a chemistry course. And the way that finals, excuse me, the way that finals were set up, there were, you would have um, maybe a final in the morning and a final in the afternoon, and then the rest of the day would be free. And those finals, usually they, they allotted something like two hours, or I don't know, it three, Pat, I don't know, two or three hours for those finals. It wouldn't usually take you that long, but that's what was allotted. So before the chemistry final, I was going to have chemistry in the afternoon, and I think I'd had a morning final too, but I had been up most of the night without any sleep. So after my morning class, I was only 10 minutes from campus where I lived in my home. So I drove on home, and when I got there, I thought, I'm just going to take a little nap before I go to the final in the afternoon. Well, I fell asleep on the couch, and when I woke up, it was an hour into the test block. Oh, look. So I get in the car and I rush to the college and I go in the classroom and most everybody has already finished and gone. There's just two or three people working there. When I walked into that class and that professor saw me, I didn't need to tell him why I was late. He broke into a big grin because I had a chenille imprint on the side of my face. The couch had a chenille spread across it. So that impression was left on my face from my contact with that chenille cloth. And so that is, it tells you a little bit about impressions. When you lean into something, when you lay into it, you end up with impressions. My husband had, and his brother had an engraving business, like engraved stationery for about eight years in Houston. And, and I used to hear them talk about impressions. They would take that uh, uh, press and they would hit that uh, paper and then it would push it up into the ink and you'd get these beautiful colors or artistic designs because it had been impressed into the, into the paper. So we're going to talk tonight about impressions and having the right impressions, impressions from God, not impressions from the enemy. It says, you know, you're familiar with Philippians, the fourth chapter, where it says, uh, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. In the New Living Testament, 
Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now, when you hear that, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Yes, yes, Lord, yes. (laughs) But really, really? Now, tomorrow when the washer breaks and and the bank account says $10, are you really not going to worry? You know, it's, it's easier said than done. But does God say anything in his word that is impossible for us to do with him? No. So there's got to be a way that you can worry about nothing and pray about everything. And one of the things just comes to mind right off the top of my head is to say, Lord, make me aware when I'm worrying. Too often, you know, we say, well, you know, I'm not being responsible if I don't worry. Well, no, that's not true. You're not being responsible if you don't give it to God. But you, you know, we have it in our society. that We think, well, we need to worry about it. If we're not worried about it, you're just, you're not being responsible. You don't care about that child if you're not worrying about that child. Well, that's, that's not true. Um, but what we need to do is to turn our eyes to Jesus. Just like we were saying as we were, as I was praying over in, was it Romans, the fourth chapter, the 19th verse, it says that Abraham considered not his own body at 100, but he considered God faithful. That I got to thinking today as I was going over these notes, I said, consider, that's a good word to look into, consider. And so that would be a good study for you sometime. I'm not going into it, but it would be a good study. Um, in King, King James Version, Psalms 8, 3 is one of my favorite verses, and it kind of goes along with the, the video that we were seeing. David says, when I consider the heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. When you start looking into who God is, the greatness of his world, the greatness of what he's done, then that can begin to impress you. If we get into the word and spend our time looking at the good things he's doing and the way he's working, then all of a sudden those impressions will start to bear their place on our cheeks. Have you walked into places yet? If you haven't, you will. And people will say, there's something different about you. They see something on you or they just see hope. You walk in and all of a sudden there's hope. There hadn't been hope in the room. There hadn't been hope in the store until you walked in. You are a God carrier. You are a Jesus carrier. But uh, uh, June loaned me a wonderful DVD. You'll have to borrow it from her about the Identity Thief by Robbie Dawkins, talking about how the devil tries all the time to steal our identity from him. He does it in big ways, and then he does it in subtle ways. Well, you don't have much to offer. Well, they won't listen to you. You can't do that. Well, you know that never worked in the past. He's an identity thief. He doesn't want you to realize there is a light in you. There is a fire in you, and it will burn out burned out. I mean, you know, out. It will show forth if we get our faces in the word. And if we spend time considering, considering, 
wow, that's, that's my daddy did that. That's my God. And begin to spend more time on that than on the things the world wants you to put your face in. That same uh, Psalm 8 in the message, I've really enjoyed the message lately. The one that says, when I consider the heavens, it says, I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Yet we so narrowly missed being gods, bright with Eden's dawn light. You put us in charge of your handcrafted world, repeated to us your Genesis charge, made us lords of sheep and cattle, even animals out in the wild, birds flying and fish swimming, whales singing in the ocean deeps. Praise God. He's a good God. He's a big God. Another verse I want to point you to is in Romans, the eighth chapter, the beginning with the 31st verse. In the Message Bible says, so what do you think? So here again, we're back to what are you thinking about? Where's your mind? Where are you resting it? So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Can you praise God? Praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we don't ever want to get lackadaisical about, oh, I've heard that before. No, it's new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. So why not be full of new praise every day for what you read? None of this faces us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, Today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. He's embraced us. Feel it right now. His embrace is on you. And that's what we need to tell people that we come in contact with. God's embracing you. He's passionate about you. He wants to show you how much he loves you. Praise his name. Praise his name. One more verse, I believe. This is another good one. 1 John, the third chapter, the eighth verse in the Amplified. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, the reason the Son of God was made manifest, made visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works that the devil has done. Praise God. He's manifest. And how is he manifesting now? He's still manifesting supernatural displays, but most often he manifests through you. 
There again, it's that identity thief. Oh, me? Oh, no, maybe Pastor Albert. Maybe Sister Cheryl, but not through me. You, you don't understand who I am. You don't understand how I feel. You don't understand where I came from. No. He says that we are part of Christ. When we have accepted him into us, we're washed in the blood of Jesus. We're not anything because we've studied four hours. We're not anything because we came to church every Sunday in the month of January. We're not anything because of anything except that one day we said, Jesus, yes, I believe you're the son of God. And I give my life to you. If you can take and do anything with me, I'm yours. I'm your putty. You make me what you want me to be. That settled it forever. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, so you can lay your hands on the sick and see them healed. You can speak a word and it be true. You can have revelation of what somebody's going through and speak into their life and bring them peace. You can, you can, you can. Praise the Lord. As I was going through all of this, I... Even this this message dropped into my heart the day before I was even asked to speak, which was several weeks ago. And then the Lord began to build pieces to it. And so I got to like yesterday and I had this rough frame and I said, "Okay, now I'm going to fill it in. And the Lord said, no, you're not going to fill in. This is what you do. And then the people are going to fill it in. We're going to do testimonies and you're going to talk about what is God doing in and around and through you. Well, it's just a little thing. We want to hear it. What what God is doing in you, what you're allowing, what you're seeing will build the faith of others. I've told you before that when I gave my heart to the Lord was on a Wednesday night. It was a testimony service. They didn't even have preaching. I was as just as a child sat there and listened to the adults talk about what God was doing in their lives. And I thought, I want that. I don't understand it, but I want that. So you are important, and what you have to say is important, and we want to hear it tonight. I have things I could tell you, but I believe you're supposed to do the talking in this part. And uh, Tommy, if you'll take Paula Reynolds, that mic, she's going to tell us her piece, and then when you're ready, raise your hand and go from there. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I have the privilege of staying home, uh, taking care of my grandson. I love my job. (laughs) And I love my boss. (laughs) But one time he was with me and there was a, you know, their heads are always pretty warm, but he was way warmer than he should have been. So there was a fever trying to attach itself to his body. So all day long I just prayed for him and I told the fever to leave. And then throughout the day, it just got a little bit warmer and warmer. And um, I said, fear's not going to set in. It tried to, but I said, I refuse this fear. I'm not letting this take over. And finally, I just had enough. And I said, just go. Fever, just get out of here. And boom, felt his head. It just went back to normal. Praise God. So God is good. God is good. Do you have another one? Do I have another one? Yeah, I just thought, I, I had made you do that one, so I thought maybe you had one of your own that you wanted to know. If you do, fine. If you don't, that's fine, too. Just people are calling me, and I'm just getting on the phone with people. I've got the time now instead of being at work, so 
praying for them, and one of my friends from my job has a father who's in India. She's from India, and uh, he's been diagnosed with cancer, and she's struggling to stay here and not be with him. And she finally told me that she feels like it's time for him to go on to heaven, that this would be the best for him. And she just told, I actually, before this took place, just shared with her about the healing of Jesus and the power of Jesus. So I led her to the Lord and filled, and she got in filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So she was able to just trust God while she's here, thousands of miles away from her father. So Praise it was God. just a beautiful time. She's, uh, she was hungry for the Lord. Mm-hmm. She knew that the, she knew of the Lord, but now she knows that He is totally the one to rely completely on. So, praise the Lord. And you know that was that's one thing too that that we're learning is that when God does these healings for people, is that you use that to say, you see how much God loves you. Don't you want to see Him? He wants to do this in every part of your life, not just the healing of this malady. He wants to do it in every part of your life. Wouldn't you, don't you want to come to know him? Don't you? You know, so you le- use that as the door to eternal salvation because that's going to last a lot longer than that healing is. Praise God. Okay, who else? Almeda. Today when I got um, a text to pray for pastor and them in their vehicle, I started praying and on the way to work, on the way to church tonight, I was going up Cypress Wood over the train tracks in my car, and I have three little grandkids in the car. Um, stopped, and I was like this, and I saw this little battery light go off, and I'm going, "Okay, Father, it was dead. It wasn't going to go anywhere." So I had um, one kid crying hysterically, and I had another kid saying, "We're going to die," and I had it. <laughs> I had Amory saying, "Just pray." And so we were praying, and lo and behold, this truck pulled up in front of me, and out gets the kid's dad. And uh, my battery cable was loose, and he fixed it, and we got to church on time. Praise God. I just thought that was cool. It was cool for, I mean, I didn't use my cell phone to call anybody. I didn't do anything, you know. He was just there. And I thought, you know, God, you're so good. I spent time praying for others, and I got some harvest on my own, and so God was good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Next. Come on and bless him. He's done good things for you. Are you going to be timid? Hi, my name's Amy, and um, I am brand new to this church, and, uh, but my journey here was all kinds of God, and I just wanted you to know that you all are so part of his plan. <laughs> um, my, my daughter and I, uh, I was raised in Mormonism, and, uh, and I left that church. And then when I had a baby, I wanted her had to have a sense of God and community. And, and so I took her back to the only place that I knew. And, uh, and I, you know, and I was like, you know, as long as it's just Jesus and be nice and, you know, and, and singing songs, I'm like, it'll be okay. 
And, uh, and then I said, you know, whenever she gets old enough to ask me about theology, then we'll have to have a, we'll have to come to some other kind of situation. And then, uh, and then it happened. And she started asking me all these questions about Joseph Smith and temples. And, and uh, I was like, Dad, come, you're only five. Okay. So, um, and so I, so I uh, and when she did it, I got this really sick feeling in my stomach. And I said, I can't teach my baby this. I can't. And I'm not a temple recommend holder. I never, I've, you know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't make those promises. I couldn't create those covenants. It was just not something that was within me. And so when my daughter started asking me about all this, I was just like, oh, man, what am I going to do? And uh, not only that, but the Mormon people have always been really nice to me. And when I uh, had my baby and didn't have a babysitter, my goodness, I had sisters all over the place taking care of my baby and helping me and being kind to me. And, and I felt like I owed them this debt of gratitude. And I kind of, you know, I felt like, oh, gosh. And... Um, and then I, you know, I started praying about it, you know, because they kept because I, I was conflicted, I was conflicted, and I shared with my bishop, and I shared with some of my sisters, and I said, I'm conflicted, and they were saying, well, you know, Jesus loves you, and I said, I have no problem with that, God loves you, God, no problem with that, the Book of Mormon is true. Oh, now there's the problem, <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, so. Anyway, they were like, just read, and it'll be revealed to you, and, you know, you can do it. And I was like, okay, okay. I did it, and it didn't happen. And I kept praying, and the Lord was like, nope, nope, nope. And then I was like, you know what? Until I figure this out, I need a place to go to church. I want a place to worship. I missed that. My daughter missed it. She loves church. And um, we went to a couple of places, and they were okay. And... Um, and then one day I was driving down Rayford Road and I saw your billboard and it says experience real love. Wow. And I remember I read that billboard and I got, and I'm not kidding, I got the hottest feeling in my chest. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, what was that? <laughs> that was cool. And then, and then that following Sunday, and I had, you know, and I had seen that you all started at 10 and I was like, okay. And I woke up on Sunday morning about nine o'clock and I said, Addie, you want to go to church? And uh, she's like, yeah. And my husband goes, you'll never make it. And I'm like, yeah, we will. <laughs> and we came here, and we loved it. Well, I didn't really, you know, I loved it. <laughs> I was crazy about this place. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, maybe this was just one really good day. <laughs> and that I just got here on the best day ever. It's not really like this all the time, I'm sure. And then, um, and then so I came the next time. And it was still great. And then um, the third time, we were walking out of the building, and I was holding my daughter's hand. Like I said, she's five years old. She looks at me, and she goes, Mom, this is our church, isn't it? <laughs> and I said, yes, it is. <laughs> certainly God. is. And um, I tell you what, I have just been, and then um, just getting into the, to, into the Word, getting into the Christian Word, getting into the Bible, and... And listening to about three hundred dollars worth of Joyce Meyer CDs, yeah. um, <laughs> I have been in this insanely happy place. <laughs> and um, I just wanted to stand up and just say thank you for Generations Church. I am 
more than happy, more than I'm I, to be here. You can't even understand. And you know, and like I said, I, I sat in a couple of places. They were nice. They had pretty buildings and music. Okay, but for some reason, when I walked in here and sat down, I was like, "Oh, I'm home." Aww. And I don't know. I don't know what this is all about. But I am so so happy to be here, and my daughter is too. And I'm just thankful that you know the Holy Spirit brought me in. Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. Awesome. Still got time. Nobody else is itching. Oh yes. Okay, Elizabeth. Good evening. I wasn't. I couldn't. You know, I sat here thinking, but. Today, something did happen. As I was driving through a parking lot to come out onto, onto Luetta Road to go to HEB uh, for groceries, I was hit by a car. Nothing major. Car's got two new little bumps. This car is how old? 16, 17 years old? 17, someplace around there, it's old, but it runs great. It gets me where I need to be. God has blessed us. That's a it's miracle, paid too. For. <laughs> it's been paid for for a long time. But um, it rocked my car. It hit me. He backed out of his space and hit me. And I went, I said, oh, darn. I wasn't scared. I wasn't shaken. I knew it, it was going to drive away. It was that, just light a bump. So I got out, and I walked around, and he came out. And he said, I didn't see you. And he was driving a medical van with medical equipment piled high. And I believed he didn't see me. And by the time I saw he was moving out of my peripheral vision, it was too late. I went for the horn, but bang, horn. So I said, it's okay. God took care of me. And the man came over and put his arm around my shoulder and just hugged me to him. And I knew he was either a like soul or he was so grateful I was not going to rip into him. <laughs> but after it was all said and done, Ray was in the neighborhood working. He stopped and came. I said, I just want you to drive the car, look at the car to make sure a wheel or something, you know, didn't get damaged. Um, and that it's not going to fall off as I drive down the road. So he said, no, it, it looks fine. The tire's a little scuffed up, got two little bumps. And um, so I drove off, and he drove off. And as I was driving, the song on the radio was, God's ever-protecting power. Mm -hmm. It was the, ver the words that was on, and I went, boy, that is not true. Praise the Lord. Amen. That ever-present covering in time of danger that may occur at any time. And I was grateful. I was so grateful. I told the man, we are not having those two little dimples fixed. My husband said, the car's all right. We're all each going our own way. The police weren't called, wasn't turned into anything. And I was just grateful Praise for God's ever-present yes. power. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Oh, I know, I know. Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to tell. Oh, oh, good, 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 Stacy.
either. Okay. I haven't been able to figure it out. So it's one of those things you just put it to the side and you work on it and you're like, mm, can't do it, put it to the side. And it's just been there for like three days and I haven't been able to figure it out. But while we were worshiping tonight, the Holy Spirit revealed to me what the problem is and how to fix it. Praise God. So I am just thankful that for that. That is so good. So good. Anybody else? Okay, I, they're, they're coming now. Back over here, Tommy. Kind of a little bit embarrassed, sorry. <laughs> this is good for you. Okay. Well, I just want to check, tell you guys that uh, the same like she said, like I, work, I live on this other side of Rayford. I go under the freeway past to CVS to work on the other side. Um, for about four years, I would see the sign, and I'm like, one of these days, I'll stop by the church and see it too. I was raised Catholic, but there were so many things wrong that went wrong with, you know, I was going to church there. So I would get out from the road and stay on the side and then write down whatever you guys would say about God and everything. And you know. <laughs> So but then finally, because we don't have any family here, we moved out of state. It's just my husband, my son, and myself, and we were looking for a place, you know, that I would call home, and I would be, like, depressed, too, because I didn't have any family here, so one day we decided to come here, and Samuel and I liked it a lot, we love it a lot, and then it was really hard to get my husband to come in here, because he was raised also the same Catholic, but there was something about it that he didn't want to come here, so I would come up at the front all the time and pray for, ask for prayer so he could come and show up, you know, be here. It took almost a year for him to come and finally he decided to come he's still here but he was battling with all this um he was watching tv and um i don't know how to say it um like discovery channel and all that and saying no we were raised you know by we were we became we came from monkeys and all of that stuff And then my my son was hearing that too Mm -hmm. and and it was so many things that i would ask for prayer because he would you know, she helped me out a lot because he was having these doubts too in his mind. So finally he knows that he 100% we love God. God is number one in our lives. And then finally he, he my husband's come here to church too. And I've been so happy since then, Praise you know. God. And I have a family. And from now Praise on God. I invite people to come to church. They're here too. And they come. And I'm so thankful to God and for everybody for opening your arms to us because I feel love. I, even though... We're not the same plot or anything. I just love you guys. Thank you so much for being there. Praise for God. Praise Thank you for all your prayers that you guys do for us. You give it to Tommy. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to tell you one. Um, as, you, as you know from having heard me before, the Lord's really been working on me over the last year to, to get out of my box, to talk to people, you know, and, and to, to try to be a better witness. Well, uh, Walmart's turning into my church away from church. <laughs> I, first of all, it's close, and I'm there almost every day, it seems like, for something. But there's more opportunities happen there. And quite some time back, there was an older cashier there, and she had burned her... No, no, it wasn't a burn. She had scraped her hand real bad on something, and then it had gotten infected and all that. And she was checking me out. So just as I went through, I just laid my hand out and prayed for it. 
So over the years, a couple years, you know, I've talked to her occasionally when I go through her line. She's one of those real sweet ladies that's easy to talk to. And the other day, uh, about a week and a half ago, I was through there, and I was looking for a short line because I just had a few things. And she was over, and her light was turned off, and she said, uh, she said, I'm leaving, but I'll do you. Come on over here, honey. So I went over there, and she was checking out my stuff. And, I, and what we've learned is that you just make conversation. Just, just talk. And so I said, so what are you going to do when you go home? Are you going to put your feet up and rest, or are you going to do something fun? She said, oh, honey, she said, not me. She said, when I go home, I've got a clean house, and I've got to cook. She said, things that my husband would do if he were in better health, but he's in bad health. And uh, I said, oh, what's wrong with him? And she said, well, he's younger than I am, uh, but he's only got, get this right, I think she said 20%. It could have been 40%, but I think she said he only has 20% heart function. And they have said that they can't do any more surgeries on him. And I said, oh, no. I said, how old is he? And she said, well, he's younger than me as he's, than, than I am. Says he's 66. I said, oh, my Lord. I said, that's my age. I know it's not time for him to go. And I said, uh, you know, well, God wants him well. I said, what is his name? And she said, and I'll tell you too. She said, his name is Joe Hall. She made a point to tell me his whole name. And I said, well, I will be praying for him that God will heal him. She said, it's so sad. She said, he just walks from the living room to the kitchen and he's out of breath. And and so I said, well, I will be praying for y'all. So I went home. Of course, I did pray. And I thought, Lord, what can I do? What can I do? And what the Lord brought to my mind to do was I had bought a number of Dodie Osteen's books, Healed of Cancer. They're just a small book like that. And I thought, I'm going to take that book and I'm going to get one of the Generations cards and stick in it. And then the next time I'm in there, she's in there, I'll give it to her and explain to her. So a couple days later, I go to Walmart again <laughs> And I just kind of made a tour. I went down through the cash registers, and I didn't see her. And, and then I had to get some groceries, so I went back and kept my eyes open for her, and she wasn't there. And I said, thank you, Lord. I know you'll bring me to her at the right time. Another couple days passed. I had to go back to Walmart. And uh, I'm headed down 242, getting ready to turn into Walmart. And I had another store, a little store, that I needed to go to also. I thought, now, which one do I go to first? And just so clear, go to Walmart first. Okay. So I turned in and I went down that front drive of Walmart looking for a parking place. The, in front of the main door, as I drove up, that car right there pulled out and I pulled in. I got out of the car, walked up to the door. She's walking out the front door at the end of her shift. I said, if this isn't a God appointment. She said, oh, yes, it is. And she hugged me. And uh, I said, how's Joe doing? She says, well, he has this good days and this bad days. He's right over there in the car talking to the, the mounted police. And I said, but I didn't get to talk to him because they were busy. But anyway, so she said, has this good days and this bad days. And I said, well, I have something for you. And I said, do you know Joel Osteen? And she said, yes. And I said, well, this is a book about his mother, Dodie Osteen. In 1981, she was diagnosed with metastatic cancer of the liver and given only six weeks to live. And they told her there was nothing they could do for her because they couldn't find the primary tumor. I said, but she took the word of God and she went to prayer. And I said, she, she is cancer-free that was 81. This is 2015. She's still alive and kicking. And she said, well, you know, 
just God is so good. She said, you know, I wondered about her. She said, years ago, I worked at the medical center in ICU, and Joel's mom and dad used to come in and pray for people. And I remember her because she had these bright red boots. And I said, well, yes, she's still alive and doing well. And she said, well, thank you very much. I'll read it and we'll read it. And so, and, oh, and then I showed her the card to the church. And I said, and if you ever want to come, you and Joe want to come and be prayed for, I said, our church believes in healing. And we see people get healed. And we'd love to say, now, where is that church? It's on Rayford. So praise God, you know, you, you take one step, God will take two. And I see that happen in other places too. People are so hungry. As bad as the world is, just that hungry are people. You put out an, a little morsel and they're like, oh, oh, and they're ready to grab hold of it because they need God. And we're going to be part of a great harvest. You believe that? Well, let's stand and give the Lord one more praise before we go. Father, we just thank you for the time we've had together. We thank you for what you're doing in the earth. We thank you for what you're doing in us. And we thank you we get to be a part of it. In Jesus' name. Well, we'll have prayer partners up here. If you have anything that uh, you need prayer of agreement with, please come up because we love to pray for people.